our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Two more murders, 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. There is not a single story of murder that doesn't have at least one sad and shocking detail. On June 21st, 1972, a man who they were calling the Queen's Creeper was finally caught and placed in a jail cell. Then a quick look at his past, more specifically his criminal record, would lead to a shocking detail that would leave many angry at law enforcement and the mental health industry for the unnecessary loss of life. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Between September 1970 and June 1972, the residents of Queens, New York were living in terror. Beginning with the September 20th attack of a 23-year-old woman, the city became plagued with the nighttime attacks on women that left everyone on edge. Already in Dimitros Kularmanis and their three small children had traveled from Toronto to New York City for a family reunion on September 19th. They were staying at Dimitros's parents' apartment in Jamaica, Queens, and had just settled down for the night when, at 4.30 a.m., Dimitros was awoken by his wife, blood gushing from a deep wound on her throat. She was rushed to the hospital, but just four hours later was declared dead. When police investigated the home, they found that jewelry and money were missing and speculated that this was simply a burglary gone wrong. Eight months and four non-lethal attacks later, on March 19, 1972, 17-year-old Camille Perniola's screams woke her father. When he entered her room, he found her body lying in a blood-soaked bed, a knife wound in her chest. Her bed, much like that in the first murder, was right next to an exterior window. Then, on April 13, 1972, 21-year-old Clara Toriello was murdered in her bed, found naked with stabs in her neck and back. Just two months later, a man reached into the window of a sleeping teenager and slashed at her face. She survived the attack, but now police were sure that this was more than a standard robbery. More than 50 detectives were assigned to the Queen's Creeper case, and women began staying home and traveling only with an escort or in large groups. All the while, the Creeper kept attacking women through their windows as they slept, often leaving a slashed bra at or near the crime scene. Many of these women were able to survive their attacks. Not so lucky was 16-year-old Deborah Janzusko, who was stabbed to death on June 17th. Four days after Deborah's murder, on June 21st, 1972, a man was found lurking around a Queens neighborhood. 
when police got a good look at the man, they found that he matched the description given by many of the survivors, and he was arrested. Justin Baldy, 31, was no stranger to police. He had a 10-year record filled with arrests and commitment to mental institutions. In fact, at the time of at least three murders, he was supposed to be locked away in one of those institutions. Nine months earlier, on September 5, 1971, Joseph fired shots at policemen who interrupted a burglary at a woman's home in Queens. He was arrested and sent to the Mid-Hudson Psychiatric Hospital before being transferred to Creedmoor State Hospital that November. He was indicted for the attempted murder, but for whatever reason, news of the indictment didn't make it to Creedmoor. Due to this breakdown in communication, Creedmoor let Joseph out on January 21, 1972. A look at his hospital records revealed that Joseph was free on the nights of each of the 10 attacks, and a look at his rented room found five knives and a pistol. In 1974, Joseph Baldy was convicted of Deborah's murder and several other charges. He was sentenced to 25 years to life and remained safely behind bars until his death in 2009. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>